You are listening to the podcast for learning the language of A Course in Miracles so you can understand the meaning, embody the message, and live the teachings as a way of life. Welcome to episode 53 of this podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Jennifer McSween, creator of this podcast, and the Course in Miracles practice coach for taking those who are studying the course from information to application. This week's episode is Workbook Lesson 2, and the title is, I have given everything I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place, all the meaning it has for me. And if it sounds familiar, it's a follow-up from last week's episode. Because in this lesson, the idea of a new way of looking at ourselves, the world, and everything we see and experience in the world that was introduced and presented in Workbook Lesson 1 is being extended here in Workbook Lesson 2. In Workbook Lesson 1, we were told that nothing we see means anything. And in this lesson, we're being told why. One of the things that makes, you know, the workbook very effective at doing what it's designed to do, which is retrain our minds to a new way of thinking and perceiving, or perceiving and thinking, is that it doesn't just dictate or command or, or tell us that we should look at something in a certain way. It tells us why. It tells us why this other way is valid or why our way of looking is faulty. And being mindful of this is one of the ways that will help us to learn each lesson with ease instead of struggle. Because let's face it, to be honest, most, if not all of us as course students, struggle with our study and practice of the course at some point or for some period of time. And I know that I did in my early years as a course student. For many students, doing the workbook and practicing the exercises, the struggle is real. And some people struggle endlessly, <laughs> forever. It's always a struggle. Now, because this is where we often, or they often get stuck, or where they feel most challenged. And I believe that this is because we're usually taught to take a ritualistic approach to learning, especially when it comes to religious or what we consider spiritual matters. You know, there's that we shouldn't question it. We should accept it, you know, on blind faith. We're, we're actually, we're, we're encouraged and we're almost expected to accept what we're being taught or told with blind faith and without question. And the idea behind that is though, that repetition and ritualistic application, doing something the same time in the same place and the same way repeatedly will change or learning will take place as a result. So we bring this approach to a study and practice of the workbook and we just have a hard time letting it go. Even though in the introduction to the workbook, it specifically instructs us not to practice the exercises in a ritualistic manner. But every aspect of the workbook is also designed to bring about the retraining of our minds. So in addition to telling us why the idea is valid, it instructs us to think about what we're doing when we practice the exercises. 
It also addresses central ideas as they relate to that lesson, or central course ideas from the theory, the text of the course, as they relate to that lesson. And in turn, this helps us to see how that lesson can be applied or generalized to you know, all areas of our life. Now, if you keep in mind and look for the following content in the body of each lesson as you study it, it would not only make your practice more effective, but it would literally take the struggle out of practicing. And so each lesson presents a new idea or perspective and makes a point. It also tells you the central course idea or principle underlying the idea or point or teaching. Third, it would show you or it shows you the misperception that lesson intends to correct. And four, it usually shares how the lesson relates or could relate to what takes place in our lives and in the world. In addition, the workbook lesson titles, especially the first few lessons, are like a series of solid arguments presented by a lawyer to build a case. And the first two arguments of this metaphorical case are the title of workbook lesson one, which in essence states, nothing we see anywhere means anything. This is supported by the argument, the second argument in the form of workbook lesson two title, which basically states that we have given all the meaning that anything has for us. Now, we'll have to wait for lesson number three, or workbook lesson three, to learn why the second argument in workbook lesson two's title is valid. But let's take a look at the main point and or the course idea that is being presented in this lesson, workbook lesson two. The main idea being presented here is that we do not understand what true value or meaning is. One of the most central ideas in A Course in Miracles is purpose. From the perspective of the course or within the context of the course, you can accurately say that purpose is everything. And it is the purpose that something serves where the meaning lies and determines whether it holds value. The course does not see purpose in a thing in and of itself or the form in which it appears, nor the purpose that it serves in form. In other words, what we are using the thing for, regardless of how noble or lofty or godlike it seems. From the perspective of the course, everything serves one of two purposes. One, either the ego's purpose of reinforcing the belief and the perception of separation as real, or the Holy Spirit's purpose of recognizing the truth that the separation never happened and is nothing but a thought in the mind that we're experiencing in its truest form, which is being in the form of a separated body, living in a world of separated forms, and experiencing being separated in different forms. The underlying central course idea that is being brought out here is this, that all things in the world are equally meaningless because everything here in the world, in any form, serves the same ego purpose 
of reinforcing the belief in separation. And since separation is an illusion, as in not real, by definition, nothing here has any value or meaning. However, everything can serve the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And again, regardless of what we think it is for in form or the form in which it appears, and whether it's something we believe to be important or meaningful, such as a body part or a person, or it's something that we think is unimportant or meaningless, like a, a stick or a button. The misperception that this lesson aims to correct is among the most fundamental or primary misperceptions we hold and that form the framework of the ego's thought system of separation. The first of these misperceptions is we think that we know what anything is or what it means and that value, meaning, or purpose lies in a thing itself. And again, whether we see the, the value, meaning, or the purpose in the form in which it appears or the purpose for which it is used by, again, purpose, the purpose for which something is used or which we think, what we think it serves in form is usually assigned to it, to it by us 100% of the time. But we think that, you know, we know what the purpose is or what the purpose of something is for. And second is that we think or we believe that the world is real. That is, this means that everything we see, encounter, and experience in and as our lives and in the world, we think it's also real and therefore affects us in some way. Because, again, we think that we are our bodies, the separated human being, separate from God, separate from everything and everyone else, and that the unified, that unified, unchangeable oneness that is God doesn't exist and cannot be. We see God as being something separate from us, and we give it a certain meaning, value, based on the way we see it. Now, as I mentioned earlier, these misperceptions are the content of the framework of ideas that form the ego's thought system that we're being taught to undo in part one of this transforming workbook. So we're also encouraged and asked to be mindful as we do the exercises, that we do them guided by Holy Spirit, in other words, in a loving way, as opposed to doing them led by the ego with fear, guilt, and judgment. Now, the way we are to allow Holy, the Holy Spirit to guide us in doing the exercises is to first do not apply the exercise or the lesson to everything. However, we should not deliberately or selectively exclude anything, and this applies to during practice. Okay. Also, do not ever judge, beat up on yourself, or entertain any guilt if you miss a practice, forget to practice, don't feel willing to practice, or in any way feel like you're not doing the workbook right. And if you begin to feel any kind of strain during your practice periods, as it says in the workbook, stop. Because that is the sure sign that you're doing the exercise with or being led by ego. 
As with all lessons, we are to generalize the teachings to everything and everyone. In other words, realize that they apply or can be applied to everything and everyone. This way, we learn to see and recognize that everything and everyone is the same, equally illusory. How you do that with this lesson on a practical level or how you apply it in areas of our lives or in the world, so to speak, could be during those times or situations, such as when you find yourself thinking that certain things have or are inherently more valuable than others, and you're tempted to judge, attack, or exclude because of this, and there are any feelings of distress or lack of peace associated with this or you find yourself thinking that you should see or hold certain things as having value because they were viewed that way by your parents, society, culture, religion, or what have you. So therefore, they must hold value for you too. Or when you find yourself experiencing or feeling any kind of strain, dis-ease, or anxiety over doing or not doing something, or engaging in certain behavior or practices, or being a certain way because of an underlying belief that you should because of some meaning you have attached to it. You can do or apply the exercise for this lesson, and as you say the words, be mindful that what you're being told or taught in the words of this lesson or this exercise that stems from this lesson is that nothing you do or don't do in any form means anything in and of itself, nor does it say anything about you. Neither does anything that you see in any form hold any meaning or value in and of itself. How you feel about anything is based on the meaning value, or purpose you have given to it. And if the meaning, value, purpose you have given is associated with or related to anything in the perceptual world of form, it means nothing. This second lesson presents another solid argument in the Course's case that states there is no hierarchy among illusions. And Workbook Lesson 3 presents the other argument as to why this is so. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Understanding the Language of A Course in Miracles podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or found it helpful, please share it with those you know through whatever means or platform to which you have access. And leave me a review on iTunes so that others can hear about it, enjoy it, and find it helpful also. And if you have not yet subscribed, please do so, so you don't miss another episode. Thanks again for listening, and see you on the podcast next Wednesday.